The H2 Moves Berlin project in Germany is an interesting case study of how hydrogen fuel cells are used to power electric vehicles. The project paired Toyota, Safe Driver and Anglo-American and consists of 115 hydrogen fuel cell-powered electric taxis. The service kicked off at the end of 2022 and the cars have already covered more than a million emission-free kilometers. Anglo-American's relationship stems from the use of platinum in the fuel cells, which triggers a chemical reaction between hydrogen and oxygen to generate electricity. On the line is Benny Eugen. He is from Anglo-American and he's speaking to us from Belgium. Benny, thanks so much for your time today. Give us a bit of background about this H2 Moves Berlin project. This started basically with the idea that battery electric vehicles by itself, it's not possible that they will take 100% of the market. There are certain applications where electric drive with fuel cells is better suited than electric drive with batteries because both are electric drive. And we are convinced about that. We believe in fuel cells. We believe in the hydrogen technology. So do a few OEMs already. So automakers, Toyota and Hyundai, and they have these cars available. But the problem is the wider public does not know well about them. So what we said is we're going to work together with some fleet operators and with some OEMs to demonstrate to the wider public what these vehicles, fuel cell electric vehicles, are capable of. That's why we chose Germany, because the critical factor is hydrogen refueling stations. And Germany has one of the most developed wide networks. They already have over 100 in the country. And then Berlin is just an ideal city. They have four or five there, which is perfect. And there's a lot of activities because Berlin is the capital of the largest economy in the EU and in Europe. So there's a lot of diplomatic activity, a lot of driving back and forth, uh, shuttling to the airport. And we came in contact with Uber and the Uber drivers, they go 24-7. They do shifts of three hours and then they lease their vehicle to another of eight hours and then they three shifts of eight hours and they lease the vehicle to another one, et cetera, et cetera. And basically, they cannot afford to have so much downtown time with recharging. And uh, these cars have to go all the time, but they want to be emission free. So there was an ideal application. So basically, we work together with Toyota and Uber there to demonstrate the advantages of fuel cell electric vehicles to the wider public. That's the point. Is there a significant difference between a fuel cell powered vehicle and a normal electric vehicle, apart, of course, from not using a battery? Is it a totally new or redesigned vehicle compared to traditional electric vehicles? No, they're both electric vehicles and you have two types of electric vehicles. One is battery powered and one is fuel cell powered. Basically, the only difference is how do you carry around your electricity? And in a battery electric vehicle, you carry around your electricity, your power in batteries, which are large, heavy, expensive, and take long time to charge, relatively long time to charge. And in a fuel cell electric vehicle, you produce your electricity on board. So you have a tank of hydrogen gas and you have a fuel cell and also a smaller battery. You also have a battery for buffering. Every car basically has a battery. That is the main difference. So the bottom line is the same. So you don't have an engine with pistons. You don't have a gearbox and things like that. You have electric motors who drive the wheels. The only difference is these electric motors need electricity in a battery electric vehicle. 
the electricity is stored and carried around by the battery electric car. So it comes from the battery. In a fuel cell electric vehicle, the electricity is made on the spot on board by putting hydrogen gas into a fuel cell, which mixes it with oxygen and out comes heat and electricity. The big difference is the recharging time. Eh? To have a full drive range of 500 kilometers or 400 kilometers for a BEV, even in fast charging, it will take you somewhere between 30 and 40 minutes, if not longer, and at home it takes much longer. Basically, a fuel cell vehicle is exactly the same usage for a customer as today's petrol or diesel engine. You drive around, when you have 100 kilometers left, your car says, ping, I need fuel. You drive, you have 100 kilometers left. You drive to the nearest gas station. You fill up. And in three, four minutes, you have five, six, seven hundred kilometers of range. That's exactly the same with electric fuel cell vehicles. So you can recharge them immediately. That's the big advantage. Of course, everything comes back to money and costs. How does the cost per kilometer of fuel cell cars compare to traditional electric cars? Well, let me first tell you, compared to petrol and diesel cars, don't forget uh, 95% of cars sold in the world or 94%, vast majority are still petrol or diesel cars. And 99% of the cars driving around in the world are still petrol or diesel cars. So that's really the comparison. I'll come to that. When it comes to pure fuel usage, it depends a little bit from country to country. But for example, in Europe, a kilogram of hydrogen costs around 10 to 12 euros. Depends a little bit on the country. And that drives you around 100 kilometers far. So one kilogram of hydrogen propels your vehicle for 100 kilometers. So you have 10, 12 euros per 100 kilometers. Fuel in the EU here in Europe, because that's where we're driving in Germany, costs around 1.70 euros per liter. And a typical car of that size consumes around 8 liters per 100 kilometers. So eight times 1.7. So it's actually a little bit more expensive, but it can vary a little bit. But big picture, the fuel usage for a petrol and diesel versus a hydrogen car today in most European countries is the same, is exactly the same. But the total cost per kilometer is, of course, also includes the purchase of the vehicle. And there is another story. Yeah? So fuel cell vehicles are still quite expensive, but so are battery electric vehicles. They're still more expensive than petrol and diesel vehicles. Petrol and diesel vehicles are the cheapest. Battery electric vehicles are somewhere in between, and the fuel cell vehicles are the most expensive. Why is that? Is when you have new technology, you're always very inefficient. You have no scale, and then you start sliding down on the cost curve because of scale and because of more efficient technology. I would say fuel cell vehicles are where battery electric vehicles are 10 years ago. So 10 years ago, battery electric vehicles were super niche. There were almost no sales and they were incredibly expensive. And then they started coming down the cost curve. But the sliding down of the cost curve is being decelerated right now because the cost of batteries, which is the major component in an electric car, is not falling anymore. Actually, these raw materials become more expensive. But fuel cell vehicles at this moment are still more expensive than BEVs. That is absolutely true. But we think this will change in the future. It normally happens with new technology, but it seems significantly more expensive. And hence, I think the adoption rate you know, could be low. Are there commercial vehicles available or is it only part of the test programs like this where they are available? No, they are available. So in Europe and the United States, there are two fuel cell electric vehicles which are for sales passenger vehicles, which is the Toyota Mirai, which is a sedan, a four-door sedan, so a limousine car. 
and the Hyundai Nexo, which is a C-segment or compact segment SUV. So you sit a little bit higher. It's like a Volkswagen Tiguan type of thing, where the Toyota Mirai is more like a Volkswagen Passat, if you want to make a reference. They are for sale. You can have them now. But the issue with fuel cell electric vehicles at this moment is not so much the price. It's also an issue, but it was with battery electric vehicles. But with hydrogen vehicles, with fuel cell vehicles, the key point is the availability of hydrogen refueling stations. They're still quite low in Europe. Germany is starting to get there, but for the rest, you need hydrogen refueling stations. And that was not the case with battery electric vehicles because everybody has electricity at home, right? So you could charge at night. Nobody has hydrogen at home, right? That is a big difference. But there's a chicken and egg situation a little bit. Eh? So the fuel cell makers, for example, if you talk to automakers and say, why don't you introduce more fuel cells? They say, because there's not enough hydrogen stations. And if you, we talk to Shell or BP or Total, the refueling station people, we say, why don't you put more refueling stations? say, because there's no cars. So it's a typical uh, chicken and egg. That chicken and egg cycle will be broken by heavy road transport. Because for long distance, 40 ton full size lorries or trucks who go long distance, battery electric vehicles are not an option because the battery that you have to put in will be the majority of the weight of your car. You don't have anything left or not left for your freight. And there it will be either diesel or hydrogen fuel cells. And that's why many big makers like Volvo and Mercedes, et cetera, et cetera, are working on trucks. And once you have the trucks, they will enable hydrogen refueling stations along the big transport axis. And once you have the hydrogen refueling stations, you can start having an ecosystem for larger passenger cars as well. How dangerous are these fuel cells? Because hydrogen is a highly flammable substance. Is there any danger involved maybe relative to petrol-powered cars? Of course, petrol is also very flammable. Yeah, it's also very flammable. And as was amply demonstrated in the past 18 months, electric cars are also highly flammable. So every human activity has some danger. eh? So here in Belgium or the UK or in Western Europe and America, we all heat our houses with gas, right? With natural gas and there's pipes in the house so we go to sleep every night surrounded by a highly explosive gas which is surrounding us in pipes and tanks sometimes it happens that there is an accident but it's very minimal and the same is with hydrogen it is quite manageable it's very very short and actually if you have a hydrogen leak the hydrogen dissipates in the air very very quickly and it's very short and it goes up and it's gone where if a petrol car has a leak it leaks out it stays on the floor it spreads etc so actually the safety i would say is not really an issue not really Anglo-American is involved. Of course, you, through Anglo-American Platinum, produce a significant amount of platinum every year. How much platinum is used in these fuel cells? That's a very good question. So today, and this will maybe shock you as a platinum producer, too much, too much. Today, a typical Mirai or this Nexo, they have 50 to 60 grams, so about two ounces of platinum on board. Uh, that's, that's too much, right? But it, because in the future, there is a very clear target set by the DOE, the Department of Energy in the United States, who says the typical loading is point, and I have to go very detailed a bit, point, so 0.125 grams per kilowatt. That's what you have to look at. A typical car, the larger cars, because fuel cells will not come into small commuter cars. eh? That will be for batteries. The fuel cell will be in the larger SUVs, the large long-distance vehicles. You will have about 120 kilowatts or something like that, which is like 150, 160 horsepower, which is like typical. 
That means they will have in the future, with future low loading, about half an ounce per vehicle. And this brings me to quite interesting statistic. So this is also where I said you start high on the cost curve. This is where the optimization with technology will take cost out. Because if you take one and a half ounces out from two ounces to half an ounce per car, that's $1,500 per car, which is quite significant. There, with half an ounce in the future, if about 6-7% of the future cars in the world could be fuel cells, that's not a lot, you would have a demand of 5-7 to seven million ounces of platinum per year, just with a relatively small amount. We think there is a really good future for platinum because of this technology. Do you need to replace the platinum at some stage? No. For the life of a car, this is plenty. Not at all. Also, the fuel cell, nothing. So this will be more than enough. So a typical car will last 10, 11, 12 years and do uh, 200,000, 300,000 kilometers maybe. Uh, that is absolutely not necessary. I know Anglo-American Platinum already operates uh, one of those massive trucks on a hydrogen fuel cell. But are there any other plans to maybe also test some vehicles maybe through the Uber service in South Africa, maybe to expand the project in Germany to South Africa? We will expand in other cities in Germany. We are looking to expand in other cities in Europe. We just started one in Foshan, which is near Guangzhou in the south of China, where we launched a demonstrator program with Chinese OEMs, because there is not only Toyota and Hyundai, there's also Chinese car manufacturers, so Saic with the Maxus or Great Wall, Chang'an Motors, etc. They have SUVs, cars, minivans and things like that. So we started something there. We're looking at the United States as well. In South Africa, I would love to do it. I would love to do it, but there is no hydrogen stations at this moment. So South Africa is a typical example where the chicken and egg, no hydrogen stations, no cars, no hydrogen stations, no cars, will be broken by road transport, by heavy road transport. So we are working in South Africa together with the governmental departments and other partners on the hydrogen valley or the freight corridor, which goes basically from Omogalakwena mine all the way to the port to have hydrogen stations there and to have road transport with hydrogen trucks. Once you have the hydrogen stations, you can do that. But I would love to do that because South Africa is the home of platinum and the platinum is the home of hydrogen, right, of fuel cells. So there is a natural link there, which I would like to explore. There are no cars available for sale here. I know, because nobody could fill them up, right? (laughs) Nobody would buy them as long as you don't have hydrogen vehicles. But once you have them there, the hydrogen stations, we can talk to OEMs and do a demo program, for example, and then homologate them, make them legally able to be sold in, in South Africa. But South Africa first needs to have hydrogen refueling station infrastructure. Absolutely. Benny, thank you so much for your time today and for sharing your insights. Thank you so much. Have a nice day. That was Benny Ogen. He is from Anglo-American.